You're listening to the Promise Church's Message of the Week. This week, Pastor Chris Donald shared that eternal life is more than a prayer. It starts with a prayer and leads into a relationship with Jesus. We hope you enjoy this teaching. Is it all right if we talk about Jesus? I, I've got to travel a lot in 33 years. And I've, in traveling a lot, in talking to a lot of people every day, I hear a lot of people say a lot of things. And even, even within the church, I think I've, I've not, not even me, meaning to do it or meaning to say it, but just the way in which we live our lives, we show the world that we don't truly believe that Jesus is it. Like that he is the target. He's the goal. He's, it's all him. I feel if, just like with your finances, if you went and, you, and you're like, well, you know, I've got a budget. And, I, and, and you can have all of these things in your life. But then you go and you just take the, the bone, like cold facts of what your receipts say for the last month. It's going to show you where your money's going. It's much like that with your life. You know, we can, we can say one thing, and I, and I believe that we say a lot of things um, that we mean, but we don't follow through with, with them. Or we don't fully understand what it is that we're saying, and I hope today that there's a, that there's a greater revelation of who Jesus is released in this place. There's... There, it's all about him. And, I, and, and like I said, I've, I've heard a lot of people say a lot of things. There's a bunch of different roads to get to heaven. I've heard it's all about Muhammad. It's all about millions of Hindu gods. I've heard it's all about Buddha. I've heard, you name it, self-meditation to medication to the next new diet to whatever it is. Like, it could be good, it can be bad, it can be in the middle. But when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. I've, I've even sat with Christian life coaches that say it's not all about Jesus. They're deceived. It's all about him. There's one answer to every problem, and it's him. There's one answer to every problem. Any, anything that you may be facing, any situation, any crisis, he is the answer to all of it. All of it. And if you're sitting there in your seat and you're saying, yeah, but you don't understand who he is. If you're going, well, what about this and what about that? There's no what about this and what about that. It's all him, him, and him. This whole amazing Bible points to him. It's all about him. Let me say it again. It's all about Jesus. Now, if, if, if we're not careful, we hear that, and it's kind of just a, a Christian, like, yeah, it's all about Jesus. What does that mean, though? Like, what... If, if it truly is all about him, then everything in our life should look different. If it is really all about Jesus, then your entire life should be a pursuit of him. Like there would be no other love that you have than him. Well, that's a little bit extreme. Like I like this and I like that. No, no, no. If you truly understood who Jesus is, it would be all his. I, I love when, when she shared, I'm like, let's have an altar call and go home. She said, look at what we did in two hours and 44 minutes. What if I just gave my whole life? That is the gospel. <laughs> oh, I told myself I wasn't going to go here. 
We, we do things um, with good in, intentions, and, and I do them. I fast at the beginning of the year. I do a 21-day fast. I did a year-long fast one time. That was terrible. It's terrible. I don't, I don't recommend it, but the Bible says you should do it, so do it. And we, and we do things like we're going to spend 21 days and, and we're going to ask you to worship for 10 minutes a day. Can you see Jesus? He's like, okay, here's Jesus. He's like, hey, church, um, listen, I'm the son of God. I am the God man. I am it. I'm the target. I am the eternal life. Now, if you, if for the next 21 days, you guys will just worship me for 10 minutes. Your life will be changed forever, and you can go about the rest of your life doing whatever you want to. No! If you just read this devotional, and you get the truth from the devotional, then that devotional will change your life. No! Fill in the blank. Like, we have all of these ideas and forms and ways to get to God. How about what Jesus says? Just give me all of you for all of me. What if... Today, we don't wait till the beginning of the year. We just say, God, I'm going to worship you for the rest of my life. How about we have a full-time Christian campaign? Give your life and never give it back to the world again. How about if everybody just says, you know what? I'm actually going to believe it and I'm actually going to follow through and do it. Not by your Effort, not by your strength, but by his Holy Spirit in you. Paul says in Colossians 1, 27, 28, and 29, he says, this is the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because he's in you, you proclaim him. That's what it says next. And then when you're proclaiming him, you're also bringing people into maturity into Christ. And then he says this statement. This is how I toil and struggle with all of his energy through me. So it's all him. But I, I've, I've been talking to my wife, and this is my home church. Sorry, you guys got stuck with me. I've just been talking to Chelsea, and I'm like, you know, I just feel like I've just like come to the end of like being fake. I'm talking about myself. Like, I just want to do this thing. I want to be a full-time Christian everywhere I go in every moment. Like, I'm just... Like anymore, when people say, they'll write me a text, will you pray for me? I'm like, I don't write back, I will pray for you. I write back, I just prayed for you. Because I'm not going to continue to pray for them. There's all these little things. Like how many times have you told somebody, yes, I'll be praying for you. But really, it's just like this sentimental thing that we say. So there's all, and, and Jesus is just bringing me back to the basics of what this Bible says. And it's all about him. And I feel, even in the room right now, when I say that, some of you right now in your mind are going, yeah, but, I'm telling you, we're going to destroy all the yeah, buts with the word of God. It's all about him. Do you understand that you're not here without him? So he is the eternal life. He's the eternal life. Okay, do we need to stand up, jump up and down three times, sit back down? We're going somewhere today, people. At least I am. Who's going to go with me? My mom has to. She's my mom. He is the eternal life. The only one. Only one has ever come from above. Only one. In Colossians 1, 
It says this. He is the image of the invisible God. Do you want to know who God is? Look at Jesus. Did Jesus ever pray for somebody to be sick? To be sick. Did he ever, did he go to Ben? Ben, I'm going to teach you a lesson. I'm going to pray for you to be sick. And then it's going to teach you something. Did he ever do that? No, perfect theology is Jesus. If it's not in Jesus' life, it's not in my life. I'm not a disciple of Job. Newsflash, I am a disciple of Jesus. Well, you know, there's this guy named Job. Am I a disciple of Job? Do I wear a shirt that says my life belongs to Job? No, my life belongs to Jesus. And Jesus is the perfect picture of God the Father. You want to know who God is? Read this book and look at everything that Jesus did, and that's who the Father is. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen him. I just love this. So he is the perfect picture of God, the firstborn of all creation. Now, you understand in the book of Genesis, you have the first Adam, okay? Right? Adam and Eve? Okay, Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam was created by God. He was created by the eternal life, meaning Jesus formed Adam and breathed life into his nostrils. Eyes opened up. He was staring at the face of God. Humanity was created to live in relationship with God. There is no life outside of life with the eternal life. Do you follow me? He is Life itself. Jesus says, I'm not going to give you a program to get to life. Read this book. Jump through these hoops. Say this prayer. No, he says, I am life itself. And in that moment, he breathed life into Adam and he became a living being. And then Adam decided he was deceived by the personification of evil, Satan. Meaning, Satan is where sin started. I cannot believe that Satan tried God. I mean, he was in heaven. He saw the throne. He saw it all. What was it in Satan that made him think, I can try him? Maybe it's that Jesus says, I am meek and mild. Maybe Jesus was on the throne so kind, so caring, so humble, so beautiful that Satan thought he's weak, I'll take him out. When Jesus describes himself, he says, I'm meek, I'm caring, I'm loving, I'm merciful. So he tries him and and he falls and so he comes and he deceives the first Adam and when he deceives him, right, Adam says, I'm going to do it my way, not God's way. Every time you choose to do it your way and not his way, that's sin. Sin is not just like I did a bad deed. Sin is the act of turning your back on God. God is life. So if Jesus is here, you have to stop looking at him to sin. It's not like you're looking at Jesus and sinning. No, the reason why we sin is because we take our eyes off of him. So we take our eyes off of life and we turn this way and we begin to do it our way. Our way leads to death. Sin leads to death. So in that moment, the created Adam 
had a separation from the eternal God. He's going to do it his way. So then from that moment on, all of humanity was born into sin. You were born with a sinful nature. Now, you need to understand this. Like, when you travel to Iraq in, Muslim, uh, in, in a Muslim culture or world, they believe that sin is only an action. Sin is not an action. Sin is a disease. Do, do you understand that it's not like, oh, I sinned today before Christ. Oh, I must be a sinner because I sinned. No, you are a sinner. That's why you sin. Sinners sin. Sinning doesn't make you a sinner. You were born into a disease called sin. You were living separated from the eternal life who is Jesus. So Jesus, who is God is in the heavenlies and he decides to take on the form of man and come and live among us to show us who God the Father is. This is beautiful. So the eternal life puts on the likeness of sinful flesh, comes and lives among us and says, here I am. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. There is no other way but through me. He didn't say, say this prayer do this chant, rub these beads, make this sacrifice. He said, here I am. If you receive me, you have eternal life. Every issue and problem and circumstance that you face, he is the answer to it. He is the answer. He's life itself. So man, Adam, was created. Jesus was begotten. Big difference. He is the only, say only. He is the only begotten Son of God. When we say He is the name above all names, He is truly the only name. Oh, how beautiful the name of Jesus. When you say the name Jesus, He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's no other like Him. He is the only begotten Son of God. Why is it when we talk about the blood of Jesus, even if you don't fully understand it or know all the scriptures about the blood, every hair on your body stands up. Right now, some of you guys are sitting here and you're going, I don't know what's happening to me. A young man in the last service said, the whole service, all my hair was standing up. I just thought, God is in this place. Because when you speak of him, he comes. The reason why the blood of Jesus is so powerful is because it's the only blood that's ever been like it. It's God's blood. The blood of bulls and goats couldn't cleanse you, but God's blood can. It's him. It's all about him. It's always been about him. Adam and Eve in the garden did not come up with a plan to get to God. God came up with a plan to get to you. It's called Jesus. It's him coming. If we can grab a hold of him, that's all you will ever need, is him. It says this, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. So Jesus is the creator of all things, meaning out of his mouth came the world. Who is this God? 
well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm late paying these bills. Okay, the God of the universe who spoke the world in, let's get over the cattle on a thousand hills. Let's like go to the verse where it says he owns everything. There is no worry. That's why he says, don't worry. He, he actually says, I am peace. He is peace. He's the prince of peace. If you connect to the life source, it doesn't matter what you're going through. You're connected to life itself. It's, it's him. It's, it's always been him. It will never be anything else. All these new ideas and religions will come on the scene. The new greatest revelation, all of it is garbage. That's why he says in Colossians, when Paul's writing, he says, all the philosophy of man counted as garbage. Don't get caught up on anything but Jesus. It's only him and it will ever only be him. You're like, man, this message, I mean, all he's doing is telling me that it's about Jesus. Exactly. Because if you under, actually understood that it was all about him and you sold out 125% into his kingdom and you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things will be added unto you. You will lack nothing. This is not the prosperity gospel. This is the gospel. It's, it doesn't matter how much money I have in my bank account. I have God on my side who created all things. And then in a little bit, a little bit further down, it says all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. And in him, all things are held together. How about this? He's the creator and the sustainer of life. So why is it all about Jesus? Because without him, you're not breathing. Without him, you're not driving to work. Without him, you don't wake up tomorrow. Like, are you following me? Like, without Jesus, without his spoken word that created the world and sustains the world, you aren't here. But yet we come up with a 100,000 different things that we put our attention on and we wonder why our lives are shipwrecked. Your life is shipwrecked because you're chasing idols and not connecting to Jesus. It's not a God problem. It's not, oh, God didn't come through for me. He came through. It's not, man, that devotion didn't work for me, or that didn't work for me, or that song didn't work for me. I didn't quite feel it. Are you kidding me? Do you think Jesus felt it when he hung on that cross for you? Love is not a feeling. Love is a man, the God-man who came and hung on a tree for you and me. In the moment when he died on that cross, all, it said that all, that the sun was, it was black as night. Rocks split open. The, well, one of the guards that was standing there said, surely you are the son of God. You couldn't deny what happened in that moment because God became sin and died for you and me. Hear what I said. He didn't put on sin, he became sin. Let me say it this way. Let's say that you're stuck in a pit that's 50 feet deep and it's eight feet deep of mud at the bottom of it. And that mud is your sin. Jesus didn't jump into the thing and pull you out. He became the mud. He became sin to break the power of sin. He actually became the mud in the pit. 
Do you understand that Jesus was a perfect life lived? Right? He had no sin. He, he didn't sin. He put on the likeness of human flesh, the likeness of, of sinful flesh, but he never sinned. He was tempted in all ways, but never sinned. Meaning that, that the law of sin leading to death did not count in his world. Sin leads to death. You've all sinned. You're all going to die. Jesus never sinned. Because he never sinned, he wasn't going to die. They could still be beating him right now, and he would not die. But it was when he took on your sin and became sin that in that moment, he gave up his life. Nobody took it from him. He gave it up. He came as a lamb to be slain. The Romans didn't kill him. The Jewish people didn't kill him. He came to die. What a loving king. In Hebrews 10, verse 19, it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way. The new and living way. If you look back in the Old Testament, you have the tabernacle of Moses, you have the temple that Solomon built, and in that temple there was a curtain that was 60 feet tall, 30 feet wide, the width of a man's hand. When Jesus died, the, the, the veil was rent from the top to the bottom. Amazing. It was a picture, though, of what happened in the heavenlies. It was not what it was all about. It was not about this form of approaching God. He, it wasn't like when Jesus died, he went into the temple and put his blood on the mercy seat. There was a heavenly temple. There is a heavenly temple right now. There is an ark in heaven right now. This is so much bigger than a Bible school lesson. If we can grab a hold of this, everything changes. This is the gospel. Like, I feel like he's taken over. Like, I'm gone, Pastor Jonathan. This is the gospel. It's so much bigger than you think. Well, I saw the picture of the, I know about the, the, the curtain. It was never about the curtain. That was a picture it was about his body. The, 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 the temple that was rent, the sea that was parted was a picture of his body being broken. It was never about the sea or the curtain being rent. It was always about him hanging on the tree. This is what he says. By the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with your heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. The blood of bulls and goats. Do, do you know that if, if you just go and just start to travel in all religions... All over the world, you can go out into the middle of nowhere, Africa, and they will be sacrificing a goat. 
It's built into the DNA of people to sacrifice. All over the world. But the, but the blood of a bull or a goat or a... It, it's not... It was never about that. It was a picture saying, He's coming. When Adam and Eve sinned, they didn't huddle up and say, we got to figure something out. No, Jesus came into the garden and he said, Adam, where are you? And Adam's like, oh man. And then Jesus took an animal and he cut the animal fresh, skinned it and wrapped them in the skin and smeared blood on them. From the beginning, it said that Jesus was crucified before the foundations of the earth. It was in the heart of God from the beginning. From the beginning. The new and the living way. I don't follow the teachings of Jesus. I'm not like following the teachings of Muhammad. All right, I got to follow this and I got to follow that and I've got to do this. And No, no, I don't follow Jesus like he's a dead prophet. It says he's a new and living way. If you're following the teachings of Jesus apart from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that's called the law. You're actually filled with God. John the Baptist says, there comes one after me that will baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. He was prophesying of Jesus. There comes one after that will baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. What does that mean? Baptism is a picture of being immersed in something. The Holy Spirit, okay, his name is God. It's not like Jesus is God and... And, and God the Father is God, and then there's the Holy Spirit. No, Holy Spirit's name is God. So when John the Baptist says, there comes one after me who will fully immerse you in God. Wow. What does that look like? Does that look like a 10-minute devotion? Does that look like 21 days of prayer and fasting? That looks like a life that is completely sold out. And I'm all for prayer and fasting. People ask me all the time, Chris, when you fast and pray, what do you do differently? I don't eat food. <laughs> you mean like, that's it? Yeah, because I'm, I'm always this focused. Well, no, 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 like what do you do? Do you like turn off your TV? What, like what are you talking about? Like, it's, oh, it's only ever been Jesus for 14 years. Well, like, you don't do anything? You don't, like, pray a little bit longer? Why, why would I do that? Like, I pray long every day. Isn't it funny, though, how we do something for a season and our family experiences revival and then we revert back to what was bringing hell? And I love 21 prayers. Like, I'm going to do it when we do it together. I'm going to fast for 21 days and it's going to be powerful, but the only thing that changes for me is I don't eat. By the way, fasting is not getting off of social media. That's called self-discipline. Try it. It's good. Like, you should try that. Fasting is not, I'm just going to, I'm going to be off Instagram for eight hours a day, but I'm going to do two hours still. Wrong. That's called 
self-discipline. Maybe if you're struggling with looking at Facebook, just delete it. It's an idol in your life. If right now you're going into a panic attack, we will cast out the Facebook devil out of you right now. That was a joke, kind of. But But think about it. Like, fasting is giving up food. But, we, but we're like, well, we're going to do this Christian thing, so we're going to not do this for 21 days in our life. It's going to be in personal revival, and then we're going to stop. Don't stop. If he is life, then start and never look back. A couple more verses quickly. This one's for you, Jerry. You're going to like this one. It's in Revelations. Because right now Jerry's thinking, there's a heavenly temple. Where's that at in the Bible? I know how he thinks. So it's right here. Hebrew, Revelations eleven, nineteen. Then God's temple in heaven was open, and the ark of his covenant was seen. That's just like. Within his temple. It was opened up, there's the ark. When Jesus died on the cross, many people believe that he went to hell. I think he went to heaven with his blood. Right now, in heaven, is a man, the God-man. Do you understand that when Jesus put on flesh, he never took it off again? So right now, you have the greatest intercessor at the right hand of the Father. Forever. He'll forever have the scars in his hand. He loves us so much that he became one of us. Oh my gosh. And then he went to the Father, he gave his blood to the Father, and then he stands there and he says, we're gonna welcome all in, all they gotta do is receive me. If they receive me, they're gonna come in. If you don't receive Jesus, you go to hell. I'm gonna say it again. If you do not believe in Jesus, you will go to hell. Don't get your feelings hurt, read your Bible. If that hurts your feelings, don't be deceived any longer. If you're believing something new that says there isn't a hell, it's deception. Jesus spoke 33 messages on hell. Meaning, over a three-year time span in his ministry, once a month, Jesus would have preached on the topic of hell. Aren't you glad I don't pastor at this church anymore? Because once a month, Scott or I would be preaching on the topic of hell to wake you up. Jesus says, Don't fear man who can just kill you. Fear God who can kill you and throw you in hell. I I think you guys should have that be the verse of your life. Okay, good. We got somebody to laugh. But, But think about it. It's heavenly temple right now. All this happening. But yet the devil wants us to be focused right now in this moment just caught up in all these little things that don't matter. But if we're caught up in the face of God, everything shifts in our life. Hebrews 9, 23. Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has Entered not into holy place, not into a holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God on your behalf. 
nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest entered the holy places every year with blood not of his own. For, for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundations of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. It's his cross. This whole thing is about Jesus. I want you to, I want you to leave here in just a couple minutes thinking, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Oh my gosh, it's all about him. He is the creator and the sustainer of all things. He is the eternal life that came so that I could have eternal life. Like there's no life or breath. Like I can't live without him. Like there's no way to go through my day without him. Even if I reject him, I still need him. Talk about the mercy and the grace of God. Right now, hundreds of millions of people are rejecting God, but yet he still gives them breath because he says that he's not slow in his promises concerning you and I so that none would perish. How loving is our God? When we get to heaven one day, we're not gonna be standing there going, oh man, it's bad that they missed out. Like, I, I, I can't believe that those guys in hell never heard. No, they've heard. Everybody's heard. He is the most just beautiful king right now all over the globe people are having encounters with God I was in Orlando and I went over to a table I said hey I just want you to know that Jesus loves you and he spoke to me about your shoulder and the guy says who told you that I said Jesus he said who told you that like three times I said Jesus told me and his wife says this she goes my husband had a visitation of a man named Jesus Christ and his friend was there. It wasn't a dream. Jesus appeared to him and revealed himself to him. In Iraq, Aaron and I were with a man who was twice martyred for his faith. He says, yeah, I've seen Jesus twice with my eyes. I couldn't really focus on him because I was dying. But I'll tell you what he looks like. He looks like all people in one person. Guys! This is real. This isn't like, let's go to church and plug the ticket. This is like, this is what it's all about. I will look and sound and scream like a fool for the rest of my life. Because if people don't hear and receive him, they will not be with him in eternity. He is the only way to the Father. It doesn't matter what Oprah says. If you put me on Oprah's show, I'm going to say, Oprah, the Bible says. Can we just have a Christian say, the Bible says. Can somebody just stand up and say, the Bible says this, even though it hurts your feelings. The only way that you'll have eternal life is through him. Let's quit complaining that there's only one way and rejoice that there is a way. If your theology fits in other ways but Jesus, I would say you're not saved. And may, he may need to repent today. In our culture has crept in this idea that everybody gets something. If you don't have him, you have nothing. I hope that right now, 
even though maybe on the outside you're looking at me serious, trying to figure out if this guy's for real, I hope on the inside that things are just exploding. I hope that after this message you go home and you go, I need to pray. I need to worship. I need to give my life fully. I hope that something shifts in your life. If you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to have the same result. But the moment you say yes to him and go all in, all the results change. Last verse, John 17. I was uh, at this church a week ago and I was screaming and my face was red. I think I smiled once. And I was shouting the same thing over and over again. It's all about Jesus. There's only one way. I don't know, probably for 15 minutes pacing back and forth, like I had completely lost my mind. I took on his mind. And I became a fool for Christ. The pastor came to me and said, Chris, I want to thank you for losing your mind and getting his. He said, don't ever, don't ever stop. I anymore when I get up here, I could have a bunch of notes. I do. I have this whole message right here. It's really good. Um, I'll post it on Facebook. You could preach it because I never get to it. And then he takes over. It's not like I woke up this morning this intense. It wasn't like I woke up and I was like, ah, yeah, I'm going to go to church and yell at everybody. No. Like, I'm really pretty mellow when I'm not up here. Ask Jonathan most of the time, unless he's beating me at NBA 2K. <laughs> then I'm quietly angry. It's not like, this, is, this isn't my personality. Like, ask my mom. Like, I wasn't like this when I was 14, 15, 16. Like, it wasn't like I would just, this is like the Holy Spirit trying to wake you up. That's what's happening right now. You know, we're good with being charismatic when our football team wins. We're really good at being charismatic when a person cuts us off on the road. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm looking at everybody. We have a charismatic worship service to the wrong God every time. Did you hear that? But the moment... A young man gets passionate about God and it steps on your heart. And you then think, that guy's just extreme. Nope, I'm normal. I'm normal. In the early church, it would have been a whole church like this or worse. It wasn't like, oh, Look at Joel. Praise God, Joel's on fire. They were all on fire. This was normal. Anybody would have jumped up and been like, Jesus, 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 it's all about him. Give your life to him. But now we live in a culture where this is not normal. So then people say, well, that must not be real. I'm just going to stay with the crowd. This is normal. This is, this is normal. Well, I'm not gifted and I'm not called and I'm, this is normal. This is what a normal Christian looks like. Aaron is what a normal Christian looks like. Jonathan is what a normal Christian looks like. Joel, that's what a normal Christian looks like. 
This is normal. The enemy has come and he's deceived us to think that this is radical and crazy and, and everything else. It's a lie. This is normal. I know I'm talking to somebody. I know I'm talking to somebody. There's, there's some young guys here right now and they're thinking, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to give out like Chris. Well, then you're going to go to hell. I'm just being real for a minute. Like, I'm not trying to like, just like have a, I'm just saying if you keep living the way that you're living and you're not sold out to him, then you're not going the right direction. Salvation was never a prayer. It wasn't like you just pray a prayer and then boom, you're in heaven. No, you have a relationship with eternal life. There's a lot of Christians right now, and I'm not the judge. I'm not the one that's going to say on Judgment Day whether you're in or out. But in the Bible, it says there's a lot of people that get there, and they say, but we've gone to church in your name. We've tithed in your name. We've done this in your name. We've done that in your name. And he says, depart from me, for I never knew you. People that did stuff for God didn't get in. How about people who did nothing for God? Think about it. Right now, I want to lose my mind. I want God to take over to save you guys. To wake you up. If people that were actually doing it, doing the stuff, going through the motions, have the Jesus t-shirt on, get there and he says, so, sorry guys, I never knew you. How about people that just went to church and did nothing? It's not like it's gonna be a surprise. It's all in here. It's all in here. He says it. This is what Jesus says about eternal life in closing, in Jesus' name. I'm still a pastor here, so I can break the rules. They'll probably just start bringing me back once a year, so I'll only mess up the service flow once a year. It'll be beautiful. Okay. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life. So here's the eternal life saying, this is eternal life. Okay? And he says this, eternal life is to know God the Father and to know Jesus. Okay, last thought I want to leave you with. When I got married to my wife 10 years ago and we said our vows and we signed our names on that document, right? We had a covenant in that moment. That covenant was just a piece of paper. Now I get to live out my relationship with my wife for the rest of my life. If I would have left that day, turned my back on my wife and went and had multiple relationships with other women, how would that have worked out? Did I have a covenant? It never was real. 
Why do we think that we can come to an altar and pray a prayer, turn our back on God and do what we want to do, and yet we're going to be in heaven with Jesus? Jesus is right now trying to catch your attention through a very, um, I'm a little bit edgy right now because the Holy Spirit's making me that way. Sorry, I got enough sleep last night. But sometimes a little bit of edge is going to pop you out of your slumber. Okay? You may not like me when you leave here, but you're going to know that you have to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. Relationship. Relationship. The moment that you say yes to God, you continue on the road with God. The moment that you turn your back on him, you're choosing sin over him. Now, if you've prayed and your heart is going towards Jesus and you are and you are in love with him, I'm not saying that you're not saved, but I believe that right now there is people in this room that are on the wrong road believing in the idea of who Jesus is, and if that's you, I want you up front right now. Every eye open, every head up, if that's you. If you're sitting here and you're going, Chris, I'm telling you, I maybe prayed a prayer, but there is something that in your life that needs to change. I want you to come up right now. And it, does, it could be... You could be a bunch of other people. Come right on up. Don't be ashamed. Come right on over here. Who else is it? I'm so proud of you, man. Who else is it? Don't miss this moment. Trust me, this is not how I plan for this to go. This is, this is God. This is it. Like, if, if we can't do this, if we can't just be real with what the Word says, in red letters, it says, this is eternal life. Eternal life is you know me and you know the Father. Is there anybody else? Come on, bud. And if, you, if you've responded before, it's fine. Like, if, if God's tugging on your heart, I want you to come up right now. And Jeremy told me that he thinks that a few more people might get water baptized today. And I believe it. Come on, champ. This is not an emotional plea for people to respond to an altar call. This is the word of God. It's the word of God. You can have an idea of Jesus and be on the completely wrong road. And I believe that Jesus is going to bless each and every person that came forward. Is there anybody else? Any other ladies? Anybody else? Can we have some ministry people come up, surround these guys? I know many of them probably have made a decision for Jesus, but God is, I always want people to respond if God's, when I was young, I probably responded 5,000 times. Just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, today I'm on your road with you. Give me eternal life, which is a relationship with you. I'm leaving everything else behind. Everything. And I'm choosing you. And only you. I repent of all my sin. 
And I ask your Holy Spirit to fill me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Touch me, Lord. Change me. In Jesus' name, amen.